0: Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. There's a there's a picture that has made the rounds, and some people have it in their house. And you, you've probably seen it or heard of it. You know it's the foot, footprints in the sand. Anybody seen that? Know what I'm talking about? Footprints in the sand. Right? And so the story goes that, you know, there are two footprints in the sand, and you're walking with God. And then at some point, there's only one set of footprints. And so then you question God. I thought you were with me, I thought you were walking with me, and I'm going through difficulties and circumstances in my life, and I thought you were faithful, and I thought you were there. Where where did you disappear to, God? And God says, no, the problem was that you failed, and I picked you up and carried you. So the constant was the fact that I'm still walking when you fell down, but I picked you up. <laughs> I picked you up. <laughs> Praise God. Brother Gordon, Brother Gordon said, can we make this morning a gavel morning? How do you make something a gavel moment? It's when you recognize how great and big God is. When I failed, He picked me up. When I didn't measure up, He picked me up. Praise God, He's been a constant. He's been a good God. Woo! When I didn't even have the energy, He gave to me the power and the ability. God. Well, mess. Maybe some of y'all didn't want a gavel moment this morning. <laughs> Can we just have a settled service and get through Sunday morning? Hey, every time we come to the house of God, should be a moment where God breaks through and breaks out. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. This week I had a good week. Thanks to all of our tribe leaders. We got some new tribe leaders. We're going to introduce them tonight. But they've been helping us keep track and try to keep people connected. And so I had a good week this week. I went and visited some folks that can't make it here. They can't make it here. Not because they don't want to be here. It's just they can't make it. And so we visited some folks. Maybe due to injury, they can't be here, so they're rehabilitating. Maybe they got breathing issues and difficulties like that, or maybe they just can't get out. And uh, so I went and visited Sister Evie. What a precious lady Sister Evie is. She can't can't see, she can't hear much, and so when you're talking to her, you have to talk loud. And so my wife and I, we were talking loud, and then we left Sister Evie's and we're in the car, and we're still talking loud. I don't think you need to be talking that loud. (laughs) You know what she told me before we left? She said, keep preaching the gospel. She said, don't let up. Be strong. Be encouraged. Here's somebody that can't even get to church telling me who can get to church. Don't give up. Be strong. Praise God. Let God work with you. Do the work of God. Praise God. If we're here today, we should be giving God everything while we have the opportunity to be here because there may come a day when we can get here. Praise God. I'm thankful to be in the house of God. Today. Praise God. Sister Evie, if you're listening. Sister Evie, if you're listening. I'm worshiping for you. She said you. She told me your problem is you keep moving the mic around. I can't hear. So I want to make sure Sister Evie knows I can't hear. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You're thankful to be in the house of God today. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 22, verse number 16. Psalm 22 and verse number 16. We're thankful that everybody is with us this morning in worship and in service. I hope that today will be a blessing to you. Amen. And when you leave this place, you will feel refreshed and uplifted. and thankful to be in the house of God and to fellowship with God's people. Psalm 22, verse number 16. We'll read verses 16 through 20. We'll be looking at... Um, a lot of this psalm, this is a psalm of David. Uh, it starts with this, one of the significant parts of this psalm is verse number one, because these are the words that Jesus speaks on the cross. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So it starts with something that is on the lips of Jesus as well as the psalmist. And so we'll be looking at Psalm 22, but specifically verse 16, for dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked having closed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Again, this is messianic because this is in David's life, but it's pointing forward. I may tell all my bones. They look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. But be not thou far from me, O Lord, O my strength. Haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling, from the power of the dog. My darling from the power of the dog. That's talking about not my girlfriend, darling, but it's talking about my life. Keep my life from the power of the dog. And for a few moments here this morning, I want to preach, keep me from the dogs. Keep me from the from the dogs. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you and thank you. We praise you for your blessing and your goodness. I ask God that you would strengthen us, every single one in the house of God today, that your word would be a strength to us and we would reflect upon words of David who also were words spoken by Jesus. We give to you thanks and we worship you in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing for so long. There is a different understanding of What the world is. There is the physical world. John chapter one and verse number nine says that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. So in that passage of scripture, John is talking about a physical world that was made and the world knew him not is referring to people in the world, but it's a physical representation of, Of What the world is but also in the gospel of John Jesus was speaking and he said in John chapter 8 and verse number 21 I go my way and you shall seek me and shall die in your sins Whither I go you cannot come Then said the Jews will he kill himself because he saith whither I go you cannot come And he said unto them you are from beneath I am from above you are of this world I am not of this world I said, therefore, unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. So Jesus in that conversation is talking about a divine world. That heaven has come down to earth and there's different dynamics of that, ramifications of that. And the Jews are only stuck in this world trying to understand what Jesus is saying when Jesus is saying, I'm coming from heaven a place outside of the present physical world. And I'm bringing to you a heavenly dynamic of of truth. And that is what the kingdom of God does. And that is what we pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven because there is a greater reality. Than what is presently here on earth. And that's what we pursue and that's what we worship. And I would go as far as to say that's what we feel in the house of God today. And that is something that is outside of our present dimensions. That is the power of worship. So there's a physical world, there is a divine world. And then in John chapter 9 and verse number 39, there is also another realm that Jesus addresses. In verse 39 of John chapter 9, Jesus said, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see might not see, and they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, If you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say, We see, therefore your sin remaineth. And so Jesus is talking here about another dimension of the world, which is the realm of unbelief. The Pharisees that Jesus is talking are talking to feel like they can see and yet they're full of sin. And so Jesus is revealing there is a realm of unbelief that you can walk in and you think that you're right. You think that you're okay, and you think that you can see. But in actuality, you are blind because you are full of sin. This way of unbelief is a way that opposes God that stands in the way of God. It is a way of being, it's a way of living that opposes God and I will tell you here emphatically that our carnal nature, our fleshly nature is that realm of belief that will oppose God and you have to work against that. Amen. To get to the house of God today, you had to work against the realm of unbelief, the world of unbelief to get here. You had to be disciplined enough to say I'm getting to the house of God. No matter what my flesh wants me to do, I'm going to pursue something greater than my carnal nature I know that I'm in the world but I know that God has got something for me that is outside of these physical dimensions and I'm not going to walk in a realm of unbelief I'm going to walk in a realm of faith It's sometimes easier to walk in unbelief because you can see unbelief. That's what people will say. Well, unless I see it, hear it, touch it, taste it, I'm not going to believe it. But a realm of faith says I'm not seeing it, I'm not tasting it, I'm not touching it, I'm not hearing it, but I'm still trusting in God because my faith is in something that is outside of this physical world. You're going to put your confidence sometimes in what you can't see and trust God in the middle of that. It's a realm of unbelief that demands that you touch it hear it, sense it, taste it. God is working when we don't see some things. God is speaking even though we might not hear some things. God is at work because he's a God of faith. I want to walk in that realm. I want to walk according to faith. I may not see it, but I'm trusting in God. Hallelujah. I may not be hearing it, but I'm going to trust that God is going to bring me something into my life. I'm going to trust in him. I'm going to have faith. Praise God. I'm going to have faith. Hallelujah. We are the people of faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Praise God. You have to have faith and confidence in him. So this world of unbelief is living in opposition. It is a delusion that arises from the will to exist by myself. And it perverts the truth into a lie. It is a lie to think that you can solve your sin problem by yourself. It is, and then the ramifications of that, there's a ripple effect that goes through every strain of life. It is a lie to think that you can overcome your addiction by yourself. Amen. If that were the case, if it was true, then people would not struggle with addiction. Uh, but what people will say is, I've tried everything and I can't overcome this. Amen. I want to say here today, I thank God that you're trying everything that you can't overcome it. But you need to try Jesus. You need to try the empowerment of the Holy Ghost in your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. You need to say, you know what? I couldn't do this on my own. That's a realm of unbelief. That's a perversion of truth. But I'm going to reach out. And I'm going to trust God that God can help me through every addiction, through every dysfunction, through every problem. God is well able to do above and beyond what I could even think or ask. And I know there's freedom. And I know there's liberty in him.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Praise God. Anybody got a testimony here this morning? I'm not going to walk according to distortion. I'm going to walk according to the truth. And so walking according to a realm of unbelief is an inauthentic way. It's a phony way of conceiving oneself. It is propping something up. It 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 is in common vernacular photoshopping everything to make everything look perfect. And so I'm presenting something that is not my real essential self. It is something that I'm putting out there that is really not me. I'm I'm, I'm I'm projecting something. I am marketing something. This is this is the world that we live in. It's not reality. It's posing something. It's it's presenting yourself in a certain way. And I want I want to say here today that is not your essential self. Your essential self is being filled with the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost shining and illuminating out of you so that you don't have to cover anything up. You don't have to mask anything up. You don't have to hide behind anything. You're just you. And when the Holy Ghost is operating in you, we really see your essential being. (laughs) Hallelujah. That way of unbelief is a misunderstanding of who we as humanity are. Who we are. John chapter 8 and verse number 12, Jesus said unto them, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So Jesus brings life and light into a realm or a, a realm of unbelief and a world that is full of darkness. In the dark, ruled by the ruler of this world of unbelief, people are swayed and people buy into a lie. There is always, there is always, the scripture said it, there is always pleasure in sin for a season. And don't let anybody else tell you that that's not the case. If they tell you that, (laughs) you know they're not telling you the truth. Sin is pleasurable for a season. This is why people gravitate to all kinds of vices. But where the lie comes in is that somehow that sin is going to be long-lasting because it's not long-lasting. As a matter of fact, it doesn't take very long in that season that you realize, wait a minute, I thought I had control of it, and now it has control of me, and now all of a sudden there are ramifications to those situations that I've got myself in and it's conflicting with everything in my life and the whole world is turned upside down and when you get to the end of the rainbow there is not a pot of gold but there is misery and destruction and dysfunction and many of us came out of that when we got to the end and we realized we've been told a lie this is nothing but an illusion hallelujah we turned to something else and we said God you gotta get me out of the miry clay I'm looking for something that is valuable. I'm looking for something that is long lasting. I want freedom and liberty in my life. I don't want to be addicted. I don't want to be controlled by substances and the world and my carnal flesh. I want freedom. (laughs) Hallelujah. And it's freedom that truth brings and that provides to us. Wandering around like a dog. Now I'm not talking about fluffy kind little, your little chihuahua that you got at home. I'm not talking about those kind of dogs. I'm talking about beasts. If you if you know anything about Africa, you know that there are wild dogs and they run in packs. And so when the psalmist is talking about the dog, he's wants he wants his life to be saved from the dog. He's talking about anything that is chasing him that is bestial in nature, that is a beast in its nature that wants to consume. It is the most derogatory kind of word that you could come up with. Now, we don't we don't use those words anymore in a modern context, but in a biblical ancient context, it is a very derogatory thing to call somebody a dog and it represents in this case opposition against the psalmist who's trying to live for God and his life is trying is his life is being or there are things trying to snuff out his life and choke off the life that he has in living for God and so he's coming in this passage of scripture and his desire is that somehow God will save him from the dogs a dog insult is most derogatory. And we can see this by illustration in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse number 43. When David comes to the giant, there is a battle in the valley of Elah and the children of Israel are on one side and there's a valley and there's a brook that runs through that valley. And then on the other side, there is a camp of Philistines and they're at war with each other. And there is a there is a man by the name of Goliath that is coming out every single day, and he's saying, let's have a contest. You send one of your men out to me. We will fight individually, and whoever wins will win the entire battle. And so there is this standoff that's going on for 40 days, and, and the reason why there's there's fear because this guy is very, very big. He is a giant, and so nobody wants to go out and fight him. David is just a shepherd boy. His brother's are in the army and so his father says uh, you've been tending the sheep but just take a moment take your brother's lunch and see how the battle is going when the battle's not going anywhere it's stuck and so when David shows up he sees this giant come out Goliath breathing these threatenings and so he he wants to know why something is not being done and so he goes to King Saul and he he wants to go out and fight this Goliath and there's there's a whole story there about David Being what appears to be insignificant against somebody that is very significant, and yet David has more power than Goliath, and he knows it because he knows that God is on his side. And so there's a little bit of confrontation, and finally he's given the ability to go out and fight Goliath, and everybody is watching this. And in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse number 43, when David gets close to Goliath, the Philistine says to him, Am I a dog? Calls him a dog. Most derogatory term that you could come up with. In ancient times, am I a dog that you come to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. He called him a dog. In First Samuel chapter twenty-four, verse number fourteen, David says to Saul. So the Goliath calls David a dog, and so David says to Saul. Now that created that that dynamic created a huge uh, fissure in the relationship between the king of Israel, the people of Israel, and this new uh, individual by the name of David that has stepped out into the battlefield. Because because of David's success, he does kill the giant. He kills Goliath. And because of that success, Saul becomes very envious of that. And so then his focus becomes on chasing the wrong person. He starts chasing David instead of chasing the enemy. Did you know what? Envy and jealousy will do that to you. Instead of you focusing forward on things that are, are more important, you start focusing on little things <laughs> and you, you start attaching yourself to what somebody else is doing better, what they have that you don't, or, and, and then all of a sudden your entire focus gets on that. You know how you kill envy and jealousy? You celebrate. That's how you kill envy and jealousy look at this. Saul should have said today, I don't care if they, they go back into the city. And as they're going into the city, all the women are saying, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. Oh, and that hit, that hit Saul so hard, struck his male ego so hard because he had killed thousands. But yet they're saying David has killed ten thousands. And so instead of celebrating Instead of celebrating the thousands plus the 10,000s of the enemy that were destroyed, you're going to focus on the one guy that has killed more than you, and that's going to be your hill to die on because you can't celebrate the goodness of God in David's life. You can only focus on somebody that's doing it better than you. That is terrible, and Saul wasted his entire ministry because he couldn't celebrate what others were doing and accomplishing. You know how you kill envy? You celebrate with somebody. If they preach good, celebrate with him. If they get a job promotion, celebrate with him. Praise God. If they've got a Bible study, celebrate with him. Hallelujah. Don't get crossed up with envy and jealousy. Well, that's easier said than done because our human, if we're talking about the realm of unbelief, <laughs> that's, that's a tough one. And so here Saul is. He's focusing, focusing on David so much. And David has already been called a dog. 1 Samuel 24, verse 14, David says to Saul, After whom is the king of Israel come out, and whom dost thou pursue? After a dead dog? After a flea? Saul, you're the king. Why are you chasing me, the little shepherd boy? What am I? Goliath calls me a dog. What am I? I'm just a dog, a flea, that you're wasting time on insignificant stuff. Man, that, that is... I want to tell you something right there. There There's some dogs that are going to chase after you. And if you're not careful, you're going to get caught up in the middle of the fight with the dogs instead of outpacing the dogs. Praise God. There are going to be some dogs of your past and your failures and your difficulties that are going to try to pursue and overcome you. You know how you get, you know how you get free and your life is kept from the dogs? You outpace the dogs. You don't stop to look around and say, yeah, well, I did have a fail." You just keep moving forward. Praise God. My focus is forward. It's not backward. Things have happened in the past, but those dogs are not going to catch me and consume me because the goodness of God is in my life. He, he's given me wings to fly. I'll overcome every dragon. I'll overcome every dog. I'll come above this because I see greater things at play here. The kingdom of God is more important than a past failure. The kingdom of God and souls are more important than inconsistencies in the past. I'm going to keep outpacing what tries to kill me. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost right there, man. That was, that was the message right there. We could close up shop right here. Well, did you hear about the rumor? Well, everybody's talking about the rumor. You better forget about the rumor, and you better say, God, help me keep moving forward. Woo, keep moving forward. Because there are dogs nipping at my heels. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep moving forward. Hallelujah. And that's what you need to tell everybody that wants to talk about all the dogs. That's nothing but a rumor. I'm going to keep moving forward. (laughs) Do you you know what happens to your psyche when you take in stuff? Man, I'll tell you something right now. Somebody comes to tell me a bunch of junk. I'm going to tell them I don't want to hear it. And the reason why I don't want to hear it is because I'm not sure if it's true, if it's not true. I really don't know. And some of the sources you're getting are secondary and third sources, and so I'm not really sure what is true or not. But if you put that into my spirit, it's going to be like poison because then I'm going to start thinking about it, and then I'm going to treat my brother and sister differently even if it's not even true because now I've heard some junk, and i got to go through the junk even to greet you. I don't want that. I don't want that. Man, I want to kick that up somewhere else. (laughs) If that's a rumor, I want to kick it. That's above my pay grade. I don't want that in my life because it's going to drag me down spiritually. You need to talk to a pastor or somebody else that knows what, what's going on there or that's willing to confront that. But it's not my business. My business is the kingdom of God. My business is making sure I'm connecting with people. My business is seeing God do great things, not getting buried Praise God. I was doing a little pastoring there. When people come to you with rumors and gossip and all kinds of stuff, you need to to say, that's not my pay grade. (laughs) And I'm willing, I'm I'm, I'm satisfied with the wages. (laughs) Give that to somebody else. Let them deal with that. I don't want to deal with that. It literally is a poison into your spirit. It is. You can greet somebody and you can talk to them, and then all somebody, some dog, some dog comes around, I want to talk about dog stuff from way in the past and, 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 and circumstances, and all of a sudden, you're like, "They did that. brother so-and--so that's now teaching Sunday school, 25 years ago did that. Not healthy to go down that road. Praise God. I said it's not healthy to go down that road because now you start perceiving and assuming some stuff about people when God has done amazing things in their life and he has helped them outpace the dogs. He has helped them keep their darling from the dogs. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus and Calvary has washed and cleansed in such a way that they are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Praise God. And they are running the race of the kingdom of God and of faith.
1: Hey, well,
0: I, 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 don't, I didn't do anything like that. Listen to me. Let me just get right up in your grill for a minute, right? The ethic of Jesus is not necessarily what you've done, but it's the intents of your heart. And so some people may have done some action in the past that you could talk about and you could spread stuff around. But in your heart, have you done the same thing? What has been your motivation in the heart? Well, I never committed adultery. That's what the Pharisees said. And Jesus said, yeah, but you have in your heart. That's a real humbling experience, yes? Because Jesus is not just looking at the actions of individuals. He's also looking at the motivations of individuals. And when you put all that together, we're all in the same need of repentance and mercy. Because we've all thought about stuff and in our hearts stuff. Thank God God kept us on the right track. But we needed repentance and mercy because we thought about it. We pondered it. We got right up to the moment where we almost put it into action and God pulled us away from that pit of hell. Thank God for his mercy that it never got to action, but it was in our heart. And if it was in our heart, we got to make it right. Hallelujah. Come on, anybody thankful for mercy here in the house of God today? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I thank you and praise you. Keep me from the dogs. That's a derogatory term. In 2 Samuel chapter 16, verse number 9, Shimei disrespects David. David is just, I mean, David is a man after God's own heart, the Scripture says. And yet, Goliath calls him a dog. He self-addresses himself to Saul as a dog. And in 2 Samuel 16, verse number 9, Shimei... Also disrespects David by saying, why should this dead dog curse my Lord, the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. (laughs) He's a dead dog. And so here David is in this psalm reflecting on all of this. And he begins in the psalm with what we started with. Jesus speaks these words. But he describes all of these struggles. He, he says, Am I a worm? A reproach of men? Despised of people? They laugh me to scorn. They shake their head, saying he trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. He said, Many bulls, verse 12, have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths. As a ravening and roaring lion, I poured myself out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. Internally, I am melting down. My strength is dried up like a pot My tongue cleaveth to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death for dogs have compassed me. Save me from the lion's mouth. For thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorn. Save me from the power of the dog. So all of these, all of these, these are bestial terms. Bestial terms. They're ravening predators. They're trying to destroy David, and David is trying to pursue being a man after God's own heart. And all of this opposition is coming his way. He's wandering around like a vagabond and he is a vulnerable and he is living in a dog world. And so there's all of this stuff in his life. But David, even he had enough sense of mind at the latter part of the psalm to say, I will declare thy name. Despite being surrounded by dogs, I will declare thy name. I will praise thee. This is all at the end. My praise shall be of thee. I shall praise the Lord. And he continues to say all of this stuff, no matter what is arrayed against me, I'm still going to praise the Lord. And there is so much in that as well. There's a lot of little nuggets here. Sometimes when the dogs surround you, it also closes off your worship. And David reveals to us that no matter how he is surrounded by the bestial beast of the field, he's not going to stop praising God i seen people that are good people, that dogs have entered into their life. It may be family situations, circumstances, failures, all kinds of stuff. And because of the dogs, it shuts off their worship and their praise. You, you cannot allow that to happen. I said you cannot allow that to happen. If the dogs are surrounding you, you better get louder. You, you better start worship worshiping more. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you. Yeah, but the dogs are surrounding. I got dogs surrounding my life, my home, my darling. Everything is coming against me, but I'm not going to isolate myself. That's our natural human tendency is when, when there's such turmoil and difficulty, I close my mouth and I sit back and I'm in turmoil and difficulty and I end up isolating myself from everybody else and the work of God. You can't let that happen. Praise God. There may be hell going on in your house. Dogs may be surrounding, but you got to lift up your voice and shout the louder and worship the louder and praise God the louder because at some point God is going to come through. At some point God's going to come through. So God is the one that leads us out of the wilderness. And he does this by how great and how powerful he is. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse number 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He is a sovereign God. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 20 says, Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 says, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. How am I going to get away from the dogs? God's going to help me. Praise God. That sovereign God's going to help me. He's going to elevate me. First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. That kind of power and that kind of ability is what's going to elevate me. Help me escape out of the predators that are trying to come against me. There may be some dogs in your life, but you Jesus is powerful enough to pull you out of of the trap and the teeth of, of the enemy that's coming to destroy you. I want to preach to somebody and encourage you here today. Whatever is surrounding you, God can make a way of escape. God can make a way of escape. Hebrews summed it up like this. We're coming to a conclusion here this morning. For as much then, this is chapter 2 and verse number 14. Beautiful, poetic sayings here in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. This is speaking of God, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage for verily he took not on him the nature of angels Jesus didn't come as an angel but he took on him the seed of Abraham he came as a man wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people for in that he himself hath suffered being tempted he is able to succor them that are tempted. What does succor mean? It means run speedily to your aid. succor means run speedily to your aid. He wasn't an angel. He was God manifested in the flesh. Why did he partake in flesh? So that he could understand you and the difficulties that you would face and the dogs that would surround you. And when it looked like it was over and there was a power in the hand of the devil and he would kill you through death and the grave, there was one called Jesus who was greater, more powerful, Powerful, faithful, and merciful that understands your situation because he's the son of Abraham and he runs speedily to your aid and he plucks you out of the hand of the dog and of the lion and of the cows and he gives you liberty. Praise God. Come on, let's clap our hands and thank the Lord for a few moments right here. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah for your power and your ability. Praise God. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 9 says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We reject the notion that the Godhead was ever meant to pose a mystery. But the revelation of God in flesh, the incarnation, though not illogical, is forever unfathomable how that connects together is beyond our comprehension we don't need creeds because the New Testament has no problem with the tension of two natures coalescing the divine and the human he was the son of God and son of man with respect to his humanity yet he is God blessed forever his two natures in Christ are impossible to separate there, though they're impossible to separate. They are clearly distinguished, though not in conflict. And Jesus is not separate from or other than God as Father and Spirit. He was God manifested in the flesh. Yeah, but what what about Jesus when he's praying and all this kind of stuff? Jesus uses veiled speech as self-limitation so as not to grasp at his own deity. is really, really good right there. Let me say that again. Jesus used veiled speech in self-limitation so as not to grasp his divine deity because he could at any moment, at any time, he could have grasped at his deity and he could have said, I came from heaven. I have all power in my hand and yet he still prays. Why? Because he's entering into the realm of humanity And ultimately, the reason why he's doing that in self-limitation, he's hungering, he's thirsting. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He says on the cross. Why does he do that? Because he is in self-limitation and veiled speech. He is trying to make sure he connects with you and me. have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He's God. He can save you from the dogs. (laughs) I said he can save you from the dogs. David, 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 David. In Psalm 22, the, the predators are circling and he's asking, can you save my from the dog and God says David I'll be with you and David became a man after God's own heart and David's own words Jesus uses on the cross to help us understand when we get in the same situations as David and stuff come against us and there are things trying to choke out and off the breath that we have in us there's one that can save us from the dogs he can keep us from the dogs a God that runs speedily to our aid. As we stand together in the house of God today, He runs speedily to our aid. He secures us. Amen. Anybody facing some challenges here this morning? There's a God that can... Hallelujah, there's a God that... Man, I feel faith in this place today. Praise God. Somebody needs to step out of their pew and say, you know what? Yeah, I've I've heard the bark. I've heard the struggle. I felt the predator trying to creep in. But today in the house of God, I know that there is one that can keep my life. He can keep my darling from the dogs. I felt those old temptations trying to creep in. I felt those questions trying to, to come in and trying to distract me. I felt those obstacles trying to move in. But I'm here in the house of God today with uplifted hands because I know that there is one that can keep my darling from the dog. He can keep my life from being destroyed. He can enable and empower me. Come on church lift up your voice and praise him today hallelujah we're gonna chase off the dogs here today we're gonna to chase off the predator here today because there is a God in the house and he's here to respond to you he's here to bring healing to you he's here to bring strength to you. here this morning. Amen. Let's not leave until there are individuals that feel like whatever the attack is. Hallelujah. Today God has warded that off by his anointing, by his ability and by his strength. Praise God. We agree together. Hallelujah. Come on, there's some dark forces that can come against you. Praise God. They're dogs. They're the most derogatory, the most evil. They're dogs. They're dogs. Praise God. Hallelujah. Who's going to save us from that kind of attack and that kind of spirit? There is a God that is merciful. Hallelujah. I bring myself to you, Lord, today. We pray together.
1: Hallelujah. Let's
0: lift our hands and pray together. Where two or three are gathered together, God's in the midst of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Break every stronghold.
1: Praise God. Break through.